The following program is sponsored by Friends of Life Outreach International. This is going to sound crazy. We, he prayed that the Lord would heal my asthma and a miracle happened. The next morning I woke up, I still had asthma, but all the warts on my feet were gone. <laughs> like, I kid you not. I, I mean, and I thought, you know, what happened between here and heaven? Like something, there's someone somewhere who's breathing great, but still has warts on their feet. Like it, it made no sense. Learning how to hear the voice of God, even a whisper. Mark Batterson, next. back. Mark is the age of our son, uh, Randy, so we consider him very, very young. Um, we, uh, we count it an honor to have all of the guests that God sends our way that we are able to pray for, to share their gift with our viewers all over the world, and be a part in the, we believe, God-anointed ministries and giftings that they have. Mark Batterson is gifted to communicate in the National Community Church in Washington, D.C., where he's been now for a long time, and uh, it's been amazing. But he began writing books while he was preaching and teaching at the church. This one really, and all of them are great, this one whisper how to hear the voice of God. And I'm curious as to why he would pick that title. Is it because it's really difficult to hear and that's the only way he talks? I, I think we need to find out from someone who's gifted to help us all hear clearly the voice of God. Would you welcome Mark Batterson back to life today? Good to see you, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> You're looking good to hang out in Washington. Are you going to have the Senate dressing this way soon? <laughs> Don't hold your breath. <laughs> now, now, do you, does your church dress casual? It, it is. You, you know, it's a, it's a suit and tie town. Right. Monday to Friday. Well, right. why don't we give them a break on the weekend? I'm with you, buddy. Yeah. Yeah, one of the, one of the beautiful things that Robert Morris and I feel like we did for the church when we, you know, we were Baptists of strong voices and had to tie. We feel like we helped set the church free from bondage when we got them out of ties. I mean, they could actually not preach in a tie and the whole crowd not leave. And so now, you know, people come pretty casual. And so I think that's pretty cool that a dressed up city could come to your church and feel comfortable just being casual. Yeah, it's pretty fun. And, you know, we want people to come as they are and, and of course, uh, you know, we reach uh, people that folks would know who, who serve our government, hundreds of Hill staffers, and we have homeless friends, uh, hundreds of them that attend our church and, and uh, everybody in between. And we, we want them to come in, hear the good news of the gospel and walk out changed. Well, and I know they are. It's amazing. Okay, let's talk about Whisper. Yeah. Uh, you're not implying it's the only way 
God who can, you know, be in the whirlwind or speak with the sound of a roaring surf uh, or thunder. You're, you're not saying this is the only way he talks, but I get, I get by you choosing this title that there's something important about understanding the aspect of a whisper. Am I right about that? I, I think so. You know, I think the question is why, why does God speak in that still small voice, in that whisper? And, you know, my, my theory, James and Betty, is that when you speak in a whisper, you have to get real close to the person who's talking. In fact, you have to get your ear kind of right by their mouth. And I, when our kids were young, I, I'd sometimes play a little trick on them and I'd speak in a whisper so that they'd have to get closer and closer and then I'd trick them and I'd reach out and grab them <laughs> and uh, give them a big hug. And you know, I think, I think that's one reason why God speaks in that whisper because we think hearing the voice of God is about hearing the voice of God, but it's about intimacy. It's about getting close to God. Um, you know, when, when you've been married a few years, um, you begin to pick up on not just what the other person says, but you know, my, my wife doesn't even have to say a thing anymore. She can just kind of give me that look or, or that tone. And I know what she's saying. Um, the, the, the whisper piece is about a God who loves us so much that he wants to draw us close and he wants that intimate relationship with us. And I think that's why God often speaks just above that threshold of hearing. Do you think one of the reasons Jesus went alone on the mountainside or wherever the lonely place was, was to silence all the other sounds that were crying out uh, and, and just tuning in to hear the voice of the one who loved him and the one he loved so deeply. Mm. Do you think that was, you think that's what he was doing many times just to pull away and hear clearly? I, I think so. And, you know, in the Old Testament, why would Moses pitch the tent of meeting outside the camp? Uh, well, I think in his case, it was to get out of earshot from all the people that were complaining and grumbling. Um, but, but this idea, be still and know that I am God, uh, there's so much white noise. It's, it's harder and harder for us to find quiet places, places where um, there's stillness or calmness. And that's one key to hearing the voice of God. You know, one of the things I talk about in the book is it's so important that God has the loudest voice in our life. Mm -hmm. And sometimes that means turning down our own self-talk which can tend to be negative or, or, you know, maybe it's the voice of criticism and that's all you hear or, or the voice of condemnation from the enemy. You've got to turn those voices down uh, and then turn up the voice of God to make sure that that still small voice is the loudest voice in our lives. Well, I think too, the, the whisper of God is a lot of times in, to represent or show his tenderness toward mm -hmm. us. Because sometimes when you're hurting, you don't need a shouting sound. Yeah. You need the tenderness of God. And he says, I love you. Yeah. I'm here. Yeah. And it's just like you hold a baby. What does a, what do we, what does a, a mother do when she brings a baby up to her, close to her? Yeah. To whisper love. Yeah. I think that's what God is too. Yeah. And you know, his voice is so powerful. Uh, his voice can split the Red Sea. Uh, his voice can say, 
peace be still and and the storm stops um you know four words uh, let there be light and, and he calls everything into existence so his voice is so powerful but it would be a little intimidating um, if it weren't complimented, complimented by the fact that he, it's that gentle whisper and, and he woos us with a whisper. Years ago, when I would try to share with our viewers about prayer, I tried to make it clear that prayer is a two-way conversation. Mm. It's not one way. You're not doing all the talk. Matter of fact, if you have communication, it's two-way. Uh, one person doing all the talking, you're not communicating. Uh, you're just preaching and asking somebody to listen or you're doing whatever lecturing. But but what I found in maybe maturity, maybe simply learning, the majority of my praying is listening. Mm. And I, I really mean that. I, I may share something, but, but oftentimes I'm saying, God, what's on your heart? Yeah. And he knows I want to know. Mm. And he begins to share what's on his heart. I try to tell everybody the first thing on his heart is you. Mm. You're very much on his heart. He loves you so deeply. You need to hear that and know that. But do you think I'm, I'm right about, about wanting to be still and, and give him a chance to talk, not just always be pouring out my heart, but pausing, meditating, waiting to see if he'll share his heart with me? Is that, you think, is that appropriate? Is that consistent with the book on how to do it now? <laughs> you know, we, we chatted a little bit about this idea that, you know, when I wrote The Circle Maker, you know, book on prayer, but really about talking to God. Right. Um, I think what I've discovered is that's one side of the coin. And the other side is listening to God. And, and if you pin me down and said, which one's more important? I tell you what, it's, it's listening mm -hmm. to God. I, I think that hearing his voice is the solution to a thousand problems. We, we think we have relational problems, emotional problems, um, spiritual problems, but, but I think they're hearing problems. Are we I hearing agree. the voice of God? Because if we are, that changes the equation. And, and so, uh, you know, I think prayer isn't just about outlining our agenda to God. It's about getting in the presence of God, listening. God, what's your agenda for me? And then responding to it. And it does, you know, it turns that monologue into a dialogue. And isn't it amazing that there's a God who wants to converse with us? Absolutely. Anxious, more anxious than we tend to be. Mm. You, you have great titles of chapters. You actually start by the bravest prayer. I got to wonder, what in the world are you talking about? Yeah. The bravest prayer. Yeah. Well, uh, July 2nd, 2016, uh, I'm kicking off a series of sermons at our church, Mountains Move. And I just feel this stirring to challenge our church to pray the bravest prayer. And what I mean by that is... Uh, a prayer that just seems so impossible or maybe a prayer that you've prayed a hundred times and God hasn't answered it. And, and I said to our church, you know, for me, the bravest prayer is that the Lord would heal my asthma. Now, the reason why I say that is my earliest memory is an asthma attack. Uh, probably three, four years old, I end up in the emergency room and, and that happened night after night. And uh, over 40 years, there aren't 40 days that I didn't take an inhaler. I've been code blue. Uh, I've been in the intensive care unit a dozen times. Um, 
for whatever reason, the Lord just did not answer that prayer until July 2nd, 2016. Pray that prayer one more time. And uh, it has been 427 days inhaler free. So praise God. All right. What, what, uh, what moved you to go ahead and pray that bravest prayer? Was it after you were preaching on pray the bravest prayer, you decided to go ahead and do it yourself? <laughs> or had you actually already prayed this prayer and seen the answer, so then you went and tried to share it with the church? Tell me the process, and I want to know when you prayed it, what happened? I mean, did we have glory and <laughs> angels? and I, You know, there, there was not an angelic choir, believe it or not. <laughs> um, but, but I will tell you that the, the next week we sang a, a worship song, Great is Our God. It's, it's your breath in our lungs. And wow, wow. I, I about broke down because I just had this hunch, I had this sense that God had done something. And, you know, <laughs> let's not make this all neat and clean. Like even Jesus, when he heals the, the man who's blind, you know, does it twice, right? Yeah. Um, it, it sometimes is a, is a process. And sometimes I've found you almost have to take that first little step of faith and uh, and so um, it, it just became evident to me that something has shifted, something has changed. And uh, can I just share go one ahead. little yeah, piece of the backstory? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, as an author, it's always fun doing a I mean, dedication. Did you write it in the book? I did. Oh, I yeah. shared that You've story in the book. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> and uh, I, I dedicate the book to a, a pastor who, in August of 1984 prayed a prayer for me uh, that the Lord would heal me, and God didn't. Now, this is going to sound crazy. He prayed that the Lord would heal my asthma, and a miracle happened. The next morning I woke up, I still had asthma, but all the warts on my feet were gone. <laughs> now, I kid you not. I, I mean, and I thought, you know, what happened between here and heaven? Like something, there's someone somewhere who's breathing great, but still has warts on their feet. Like it, it made no sense, but, but the Lord whispered. He whispered. Yeah. He whispered to me as a teenage kid, and I heard his voice. He said, Mark, I just wanted you to know that I'm able. Wow. Mm. I held on to that. Mm for more than wow. three decades. God bless you. And so I dedicate that book. I say, a prayer that you prayed, he's now in his 90s, a prayer that you prayed in August of 1984, God answered on July 2nd, 2016. That whisper, I held on to it. Hold on to those whispers. Those whispers will change your life. Isn't that good? Don't you appreciate just the, the insight? Now, I, I don't know if you, you want to jump on another one of the, the topics that uh, you, you pick one if you want to. I can start reading titles here, but it's something you want to address. Yeah, you know, I, I think it's important for us to say that, you know, I talk about seven languages, and I, I call them love languages, uh, you know, as you said, Betty, because they're all love languages. You know, some are harder to hear than others, but I think it's important to say that Scripture is our first language. Uh, that's our Rosetta Stone. That, that's the revealed Word of God, inspired. And, uh, but in Scripture, God speaks in different ways. And so I talk about six secondary languages, uh, desires. If you delight yourself in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. Um, doors, dreams, uh, people. He speaks through other people. Uh, promptings, that's a fun one right there. <laughs> 
Uh, have, you, have you found that the Holy Spirit has an elbow? <laughs> <laughs> and sometimes yeah, puts yeah. it right in your rib. Yeah. And, he has uh, a whistle too, you know, yeah. <laughs> and, and one time I told Betty, I said, do you, you know, you tell me all this stuff, the Holy Spirit, you trying to be the Holy Spirit? And, and, and the Lord said, well, I said, you know, the Holy Spirit will blow a whistle. And the Lord said, I've been blowing a whistle to burn the ball out a long time ago. <laughs> <laughs> now, now she's going to have to step up. <laughs> hey, listen, on that note, I just have to say how much I love and appreciate my wife. And uh, sometimes I have a hard time discerning between her voice and the voice of the Holy Spirit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. They sound an awful lot alike. <laughs> and I'm, I'm grateful for, yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, you know, talking about people <laughs> speaking into our lives. And, and that last one is pain. And I just felt like you I call can't. call it a joystick here. I, I do. And there's the a powerful story that, that is too long to share in this context. But uh, I tell you what, there is... Uh, uh, there is joy even in the midst of pain and trial and sorrow. And, you know, it was C.S. Lewis who said, God, God whispers in our pleasure, but he, he shouts in our pain. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I found, listen, you can leave your Bible sitting on the bedside table and never pick it up, but you can't ignore pain. Mm -hmm. And sometimes the Lord uses pain to speak in such a loving way. And, and you know, I, I've, I've, the Lord has blessed me to go to some pretty amazing places and do some pretty amazing things. You know, it, when you're in the Grand Canyon, God whispers. <laughs> he paints those walls pink and purple with the sunrise. Unbelievable. And, and it's absolutely majestic. But if you said, where, where have you heard God's voice the clearest, the loudest? Well, probably after two days on a respirator fighting for my life after emergency surgery when I should have died. And God spoke to me in that hospital room and I heard his voice. So I'm grateful that God speaks even through our pain. And my goal with the book is just to, uh, to help folks. It's, listen, learning to hear the voice of God is like learning any language. Um, and, you know, I took three and a half years of Spanish. Yo hablo un poco espanol. You know, I could never roll my R's, so pero sounds pretty pedestrian, you know, coming out of this mouth. You know, it's hard to learn a language. It's hard. It, learning these seven languages, I'm not saying it's easy, um, but that's how you begin to discern God's whisper and, and how much he actually loves us. Don't you love the way this man communicates? And it's such, thank you, Mark. It's a, listen, he, he says it right. And I don't want to diminish his effectiveness here, but there's a greater anointing. And the first time we talked, he, he, he told me, I feel like this is my greater anointing. And boy, it's a labor of love to pin what is flowing in your heart. And then look at it and see if it's really expressing what God's poured in your heart. Well, he does it so well. And you know, Mark, I want to, I want to just say a prayer for those of you right now who hurt. And you say, well, the pain, I got to feel like a joystick. Well, Lord, I just want you to talk to him. Whatever it is. Yes. And I want you to let him know how much you love him. Yes. And just show them anything you want them to hear or know. Because you're such a great God and Father. And I ask you to heal the pain.
just like you healed Mark's asthma. And just do it. But Lord, above all, I ask you to help people to hear your whisper, your voice in Jesus' name. Mark, I really appreciate it. We are asking our viewers to hear God's voice coming through missionaries yeah. that we've just had such a joy of helping. Our viewers, to me, are the greatest people in the world because you watch us every day. We ask you to help somebody. You say, well, you're always helping us. You bring in all these people to help us, and I thank you because that's what we want to do because the program is dedicated to you, but we always ask you to love a neighbor, to reach out and touch someone with the love of God, and you do it. You are the most amazing people. I want you to listen to what the missionaries have asked us for. They've asked us for trucks and vehicles, 71 of them, over a million dollars. They say, we've got to have them now. Now, that's just what they told us. And they said, we think we can tell you because you'll just tell the people, and the people will pray, and they will obey. I want you to listen. Would you please? Because this really is the way you send the gospel. You have to send it. That's the bottom line. Watch closely. It's difficult to get anywhere without reliable transportation. And it's never more important than when the hearts, lives, and souls of so many are depending on it. Life Outreach's mission is to go and share the transforming truth of God's love in word and deed to a hurting world. Whether our missionary partners are leading someone in prayer to receive Christ, helping rescue children from human trafficking, delivering relief goods, providing medical help, or drilling water wells, they're all part of sharing the gospel, and they all depend on some form of transportation to successfully complete their mission. And when their vehicles can no longer meet the challenge because they are simply worn out and in constant need of repair, the missionaries' work will suffer but more importantly is knowing that the people will suffer. These precious children that are seated around me today, they've never had anything but water out of the rivers and the canals. So today we have a great opportunity to provide them with clean water. But we need transportation. We need to upgrade our vehicles. We need other vehicles so that we may continue to drill wells throughout this country. Thank you so much. Without the proper transportation, all of our efforts to help those in need can be severely hampered, if not completely shut down. Transport Life is our way of keeping the pipeline open for the love of Jesus to flow forth in word and deed. You know, the missionary you were just listening to, David Hetty, was saved in our Owensboro, Kentucky Crusade some 40 years ago. He was the biggest electrical contractor in the area. And when he came to know the Lord, his life was just totally transformed. And just within a short time, more than 30 years ago, he, he went to, uh, to Haiti and planted his life there. And Betty, uh, in the last year, uh, David nearly died. And it was just a matter of just not too many months ago, I'm praying with him and, and talking to him and, and, and he's just amazing. And I said, you, you're gonna go back? He said, I can hardly wait. And I just found out David just made those video clips that you've seen this week. He's already back and he looks good. It's miraculous. I mean, this is, this is the love of God. And, it, and when these missionaries who've left everything, I mean, when they moved there, they moved there, that's it. And it wasn't like they didn't have a good life. 
but they went to share the life of God. And we make it possible, people just like, like you, and Betty and I are mission supporters big time. And Life Outreach, that's what we're about, reaching out to you and reaching out to the overlooked. We need over a million dollars for those 70 vehicles. I'm asking God to touch your heart and you give the best you can right now. We just have a short period of time, a block, that we need to deliver. And so we need your help. We have some gifts to send you to say thank you. And I'm asking you to make the gift God puts on your heart. Father, would you lead every person right now to just know they're giving life and love right now in these vehicles that are so critically important to deliver goods, to move children, to reach people, to take the missionaries, to take equipment, to take food, to take water, to take drilling equipment, everything. And Lord, please, right now, touch people's hearts and impress them to give compassionately in Jesus' name. There you see the website. Go on that website. Take your bank card and use it or dial the number that's always there as a prayer line, always ready to pray with you and for you. Use your bank card. Use it like a check. Make the gift God puts on your heart. Thank you so much for doing it. It's a missionary's nightmare having life-saving relief supplies in your hand and no way to get it to those who are suffering. Some of the vehicles so vital to our outreaches are completely worn out and must be replaced. And in some critical areas, no transportation is available at all. Life's mission partners have immediate and urgent needs to transport life-saving supplies to children and families in remote locations. An additional $1.1 million is needed to purchase 71 vehicles, large and small. Your gift of $40, $80, $120 or $1,000 will help purchase these vehicles and provide life-saving food, clean water, medicine, and the good news of Jesus to people in need. With your gift of any amount, be sure to request the sweetest name, Classic Hymns CD, with a booklet containing the history behind the hymns for all 12 songs. With your gift of $120 or more, please request the NIV Supergiant Print Reference Bible ideal for anyone looking for a Bible that's gentle on the eyes. Finally, please prayerfully consider a gift of $1,000 or more to help transport life, and you may request our beautiful Determined Eagle bronze sculpture. Please call, write, or make your gift online. Well, we'd like to also not only say thanks and send the gifts we mentioned, but if you'd like to have Mark's book, how to hear the voice of God whisper. You bless others because you heard God touch your heart. You may have heard it through a speaker or a guest, but he touched your heart. But you say, I want to hear God clearly. I think this will help you. So you help us meet the need those missionaries have. And we'll say thanks if you'd like to have it, okay, along with other gifts. Well, all of you here join Betty and me saying thanks to Mark Batterson. Mark, we're going to be back now. Another program with John Eldridge, okay? That's going to be good. Mark and John Eldridge, that's going to be quite a show. Don't miss it. Thank all of you. Thank you.
people who have hope engage. People who have hope love easier. When you're filled with hope, it's easier to forgive. Tomorrow, Life Today is made possible by the supporters of Life Outreach International. Your gift will be used exclusively for the exempt purposes of life. The ministry features specific outreaches as examples of the programs it supports and conducts. Gifts are considered to be without restriction as to use unless explicitly stipulated by the donor. The ministry is a member of the ECFA.